This is Drew here with my best friend, Derek, who is not a zombie, who uh, it turns out was off doing something else last week. And we're going to find out what very soon you are listening to new release. Ashley is on vacation this week. New release is a movie podcast with a time traveling twist. Whew. Derek, since Ashley isn't here to take us back in time, where and when the heck are we this week? Well, we decided to travel back to the present, which is 2022. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in honor of Ashley's birthday, we're talking about one of her favorite subjects, which is not her favorite subject. But Volleyball. Skateboarding. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another sport uh, from the late 70s. We're going to talk about a lot of shit today. Cool. Uh, from the late 70s, from who invented the Ollie uh, mm. to the Bones Brigade skate videos, to the X Games to a person that we will be focusing on today. Tony Hawk, who conquered an impossible trick and how we got to where we are today with skateboarding. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, the rise of. Is it fair to say um, you're going to be the skateboarding uh, expert and our expert guide throughout the whole episode? Like, oh, yeah, I feel like skateboarding changed in the middle to late 70s. Like before that, it was not like a novelty, something that maybe like surfers did when they couldn't when they couldn't be in the water or it, it was a toy. Um, but things definitely started to change like in the late 70s. Right. It's like the dawn of modern skateboarding. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's when when your polyurethane wheels came out and people could actually skate and not use metal wheels and things like that. Yeah. Cool. Um, do we have anything to orient ourselves in that uh, in that time period, <laughs> that time zone? Yeah, it's uh, you'll hear some skateboarding, some flips, okay. some grinds. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll call the tricks out as, as I play. all throughout this episode. We're going to be playing um, clips of really cool things happening visually <laughs> and, and some sounds that might translate but you know skateboarding is a, skate videos are um, a visual medium as you as i'm sure everyone listening knows so bear yeah. with us yes so well i mean should we say what movie we're going to see um no let's play this first and then right. and then reveal it Sounds like wheels. Wheels on concrete. There you go, baby. The classic sounds of skateboarding. Beautiful. Um, now, was that was that wheels in concrete from the seventies? When, when, when were those wheels? Uh, that um, was the nineties. <laughs> okay. Well, works for me. Um, yeah, we're gonna be jumping all over the place. Uh, so yeah, what um let's talk really quickly. Uh, the reason we're doing this is because um while the cat's away or what have you, uh the boys will play. So uh <laughs> I like skateboarding. I have a um a spectator appreciation for it. I played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater a lot and I had a penny board that I would uh kick around on <laughs> very uh, inefficiently growing up, but Derek is like an OG skater. It's probably like your favorite hobby growing up or, you know, more than a hobby. Like, you know, anyway, what's your, what's your history with skateboarding? Yeah. So I, 
I forget when I got my first board, but it was a Nash board and you would get them at Target or Walmart. Mm. Uh, and then ever since then, man, I don't know. I just fell in love with the sport or with, with the hobby of it. Yeah. Some yeah. people don't call it a sport, but um, yeah. And then I actually, uh, yeah, I skated for about seven or eight years and then started to get really good. And then, yeah. And then I, Started to get a little bit older, and uh, the injuries would take a lot longer to uh, to re- my body. To re- it would take my body a lot longer to repair. Mm-hmm. So I switched into to BMXing, but skateboarding. Oh yeah, much more gentle sport. <laughs> uh, in in some ways, it actually is safer. The, yeah, to the, to the degree that I got in skateboarding, I was I was starting to get hurt a lot. With the right, like good enough to be dangerous or good enough. Oh yeah, dangerous to yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, were, you, were you immersed in like skateboarding culture and videos and stuff before you started skating, or those things just happened at the same time? Um, I mean, it kind of it, it all blends together because uh, what you would do is you would go to skate shops and they would have a couch, and then you would they would have a VCR playing skate videos, and you were allowed to just go hang out in the skate shop. So you'd, you'd meet a bunch of skaters that rolled through, you know, you'd fix, you tune up your board and then you go out, you watch a video and then you get super hyped and then you go out and skate. Right. Yeah. So while I was at, um, comic book shops playing magic, the gathering, or mostly just ad- admiring the cards and sorting my deck and putting my cards into sleeves, um, <laughs> to make them look cooler, uh, you were, um, doing this, a similar thing, a similar kind of like outcast activity uh at skate shops which is definitely it's definitely a subculture you know um we can go ahead and reveal the movie that we're going to be watching that we came all the way back to 2022 to see that derek abandoned us for last week um you know you've been you've been here for an extra week just watching this movie over and over because you were so excited you were so excited for the release that you know you risk risked it all to to come back and so I figured I'd join you and, um, you know, collect you and take you back. <laughs> it's a little bit of a, uh, a joining, a little bit of a hostage situation where I need to bring you back for uh, next week. So what are, what are we watching today? We Talking are watching today. the long awaited Tony Hawk documentary called Till the Wheels Fall Off. Heck yeah. And as Drew mentioned, this does tie into our 77, being in the year of 77, uh, because that's when Tony Hawk got his first skateboard. Heck yeah, we were there. Hell yeah. So <laughs> we could have been there. There are no other options but to see this movie this week. So let's go watch it. Let's do it. Whenever I would go, people would just be booing. The crowd was pretty rough. You do it weird. He skated as if he was being operated by a puppeteer. <laughs> it reminded me that I can't even fit into the skateboard world. But the control he had was insane. I was obsessed and I became a machine. That was the. Hell yeah, baby. Yeah, so I am going to give you the floor, but I think the really easy place to start, you, look, you're on a movie podcast, um, you love movies, but you're a casual fan of most movies, is that is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's not there's not a ton of movies that are like 
that you are marking your calendar, regardless of what time period you're in, you're traveling through time to go to go see in the present day. Like this movie is one of your most anticipated movies in a really long time. So yes. that's a lot of that could, that amount of hype can be dangerous. Did this live up to your expectations? Uh, yes, it, it did in every way that I wanted <laughs> it to. And it surprised me in ways that I was not expecting to be surprised in. It, it blew my that's fucking awesome. mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then where, where do you want to start? What were you expecting and how did it surprise you? Well, so first I've met Tony Hawk before. Oh, uh, shit. I got his okay. signature. I saw him on, a, on one of his tours that he had. Um, I even actually went on his tour bus, which was pretty crazy. So Damn. I've got this I've got post a, X games or pre like there's this, some, this yeah. is post 900 X games. Okay, 99 was nine. Yeah, yeah. 99. Um, he was touring around with a, with a bunch of really awesome skaters. Um, but yeah, so I had a history of medium and understanding he's a vert skater. So I guess let's talk about before we delve into, I guess the film itself starts off with kind of Tony's description of his upbringing with skateboarding. And as that, that trailer, well, the, the audio clip that you heard, um, he was kind of an outcast in yep. an already outcast sport. So that that's very interesting. And that that really derived because uh, there's there are different styles of skateboarding. There's vert and there's freestyle and then there's street skating. Uh, street skating really didn't exist at the time that this film kind of revolves around. But hmm. um, as a, a more modern skater, I used to think that Tony Hawk was kind of lame and that skating vert was lame and then over the years it's just it's dawned on me that that shit is just extremely wild and probably one of the most extreme ways that you can skate so when a lot of what this takes place in if, if anyone's familiar with like the lords of dogtown era because i'd seen that movie and seen documentaries about about that group of characters which didn't particularly feature tony hawk he was like doing his own thing parallel well towards the tail end of that that was like the mid 70s i guess and he just was just starting off in the in the uh, closer to the late 70s um but like if people are skating in pools and getting air off the side of like uh with uh, in kind of like improvised like skate park type skating not on a not on a half pipe what is what category is that that's freestyle that's like hesh and that's like what was cool at the time well, because that's, I mean, they were having competitions and stuff for that type of skating in, in this movie. Yeah, they, so that would that would fall under vert. Uh, okay, well, it's still I guess, vert. No, that would, be, that would be oh. pool skating. Okay. <laughs> which, I mean, it's it's hard to tell the difference, but a pool definitely is not nearly as as large and doesn't have as much vertical uh, of a ramp. Right. So. But I think, I, well, so I get where you're coming from. Like, you were, like, when you were coming, like, of age and skate in the skateboarding community half pipes were all the rage like the competitions were centered around like getting a couple big airs and then doing one or two like tricks and then finishing out your run versus street skating or even freestyle skating street skating especially is probably what appealed to you because that's like what a normal person can do yeah <laughs> like yes, absolutely like you do still do tricks but you're skating around real real terrain and you can grind on things that's like grinding on uh rails and stuff grinding on yeah i mean if you can find a rail 
downstairs yeah. or something. Yeah, absolutely. Or yeah. ledges. You find uh, bumps in the sidewalk to to ollie off of things yeah. like that. Whereas you know, I mean, yeah. So pool pool skating was was where it kind of all started, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and then freestyling, which is just flat ground, right. um, which Rodney Mullen kind of made. Pop, he popularized uh, freestyle skateboarding, and it. Some freestyle skaters would literally dance around their skateboard yeah. like they would do <laughs> disco moves uh-huh. and so they, they were shunned upon uh the vert skating the, the pool skating was where it was at so right rodney mullen for instance uh the person who invented the flat ground ollie uh which is where you pop the back tail mm-hmm. and you slide your foot up the board and you bring all four wheels off of the flat ground which is a street sidewalk uh, somewhere nice to skate mm-hmm. but some the first person who invented the uh the vert ollie is actually a, a person named alan ollie gelfand so okay yeah and we are all over the place but that is what this episode is going to be like yeah no this i mean i just want to kind of pick your brain on the nuances of the sport because i mean i could talk all day about what was in the documentary itself. I think, I mean, Tony Hawk is a really fascinating figure for the reasons you described that he was an outcast within a sport of already outcast. He was like smaller and, and couldn't get, couldn't get air. And then later his dad was running the competition. So every, and everybody like didn't like his dad and thought he was getting unfair treatment. Like he was yep. just, he never fit in with a bunch of like uh, people that are already like, or it's supposed to be the Haven for, outcasts and and so that just kind of pushed him that was one of the things that just kind of fueled him to keep like pushing himself i mean he yeah it's a maniacal obsessive level of drive combined i guess with a decent amount of natural talent but he does seem like someone who like is a little more approachable in the talent side of things compared to you know, athletes in other sports. I mean, is that like, obviously he also got bigger and and stronger and and grew into his body, but like, he's probably not the, like skateboarding is a weird sport. You can't really compare him to like basketball athletes. Like he wouldn't, I think if he was like getting drafted by a skateboarding league, he wouldn't have had the, the, the talent, like the raw physical gifts, but it was just mental drive that, that got him to where he was. Right. Yeah, I mean, skateboarding is an interesting sport in that you are battling against yourself. Like, you are a one-person team. I mean, granted, yeah. there are, you can do doubles and triples on, you know, half pipes and stuff. But it is mostly all about you and how you overcome your own tricks. And Tony was doing things like he was airing out uh, and he would ollie out of a pool. Mm-hmm. And in the documentary, they mentioned that he seemed to be cheating because he did that, but that yeah. allowed skateboarding to progress so far to what, what we have today. It's, it's just insane how people back in the day would just shit all over him because he could air out as a little fucking scrawny kid. Well, that, that, and that's like a thing that I would have never been able to even perceive if they didn't point it out in the documentary, but yeah. So he would do when you, when you get to the top of the, the rail, not the top of the rail, but you get to the edge of the pool to go in the air. He would do an ollie from like to start his air 
Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Other, and nobody people, like had just nobody had thought to do that before. Or... Right, right. Well, yeah. So, yeah. So he couldn't get the speed to do it. So he learned the technique oh. called which, you know, he didn't invent. But um, so, again, it was his physical limitations that kind of forced him to do that. Yeah, because otherwise what would happen would would be if you if you had enough uh, muscle and 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 could get to the top of the pool so the 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 deck you could air out without having to ollie and mm -hmm. he couldn't do that so yeah he had to, to pop his tail off pretty much right when he get to the top and then that allowed him to keep up with with everybody else hmm. so i did want to talk about rodney more because he's the most fascinating uh uh interviewer or interviewee in the documentary he gives oh, the yeah he gives these like really philosophical really deep uh interviews they don't i think they show like one clip of him skating um right yeah like and, and they he's because he does freestyle and he does like the the kind of like dance type skating i guess but i don't yes. know like tell me more about oh <laughs> about rodney him, mullen man that i'm i i teared up several times in this film and one of them was because of rodney uh he is a unique person man um we were talking before the podcast about kind of the drugs and alcohol behind skateboarding. Mm -hmm. And he was never involved with that. Uh, you can see some of the people in the movie, like a little burned out <laughs> to, just to put yeah. it mildly. Yeah. Um, and not, not because frazzled. of injuries, but because yeah. of their habits and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But Rodney Mullen, um, I recently watched uh, Tony Hawk and Jason Ellis have an interview with Rodney Mullen. He goes out and skates at 2 a.m. every single night by himself in like a warehouse in like his own warehouse or something or maybe in and maybe that's when he can go out in public i guess they say in the movie he has kind of like a private warehouse where he that he uses too well so he goes to tony hawk's warehouse to skate mm. i think is what they were talking about i could be wrong but he mostly goes out in street skates and gotcha um <clears throat> rodney mullen invented like i mentioned the flat ground ollie but he invented the kickflip he invented mm. the heel flip. He invented the 360 flip. And <laughs> what's inch and those are all like serious tricks that you need to learn in order to progress in skateboarding. And he created them. It's it's yeah. fucking wild. And he has this video part uh, that came out probably mid 2000s, so maybe 2010. I I don't know the year, but mm -hmm. it was uh he explained the physics and and the the rotational degrees and he just breaks things down like a fucking guru it, it's, and, and he was he just and he was never super interested in like maxing out his vert abilities and he just wasn't interested in that kind of like no he was never a vert yeah. skater right. i i can't remember i mean maybe some mini ramp stuff which is a much smaller version of a yeah. half pipe but uh, he's always been a flat ground skater, uh, doing crazy. He uh, primo slides where, where your skateboard sideways and your feet are on the wheels. Uh, just the most wild tricks that you could ever imagine. Um, is it weird? Is it weird that like, um, Tony Hawk pro skater is all street skating, right? There, no, there's there's a lot well, of like when it, the, it. the original when it came like I, well, at least that's all that's what I remember from the game was was street skating and you know you're mostly like you have 
downhill yeah. momentum and you're you know going from like uh surface rails, to surface and ramps to rails rails yeah. to roofs and yeah i mean that absolutely it so wasn't I, a half pipe game i mean no i mean so i played tony hawk pro skater one on the playstation uh-huh. last week at uh while i was in the current day while you guys yep. were watching rabbit <laughs> and uh there there's a ton of vert in it but there's okay. also street so it's okay. it's, it's an equal mixture yeah maybe sure. i gravitated towards the street aspect of the game where that's just what i remember more but um y- yeah it's just an interesting that that's less of what tony hawk was known for but that's what i remember from the game right and so. <laughs> there was a time where tony hawk tried to do street mm-hmm. street skating and it was there were some clips of that in the film uh but he's he's gravitated towards towards you know vertical skating or vert, vert ramp yeah yeah i mean so um with Let's, rodney I, yeah what i actually i want to hear uh, a clip from the movie of rodney mullen talking oh yeah and please. there's i don't think our our listeners can fully grasp how awesome this person is and just how unique his mind works so go watch the fucking film yeah and you have to see his hair too i mean you have to see he he looks great yeah so let's let's hear that (laughs) and some are going to pay more this is the luxury of having spent my life doing what i love the cost of that it sucks He's talking about getting hurt. I'm mm-hmm. not blind. I'm not numb to the pain. I would argue I'm more conscious of it than anybody else. But I'm also more conscious of what that gives me. And when I'm done with this, that will be what it is and I'll find a way. But there's something inside of me propelling that I'm not going to give up until the wheels fall off. That's what I'm made of. Shout out. Yep. And I wish, I see all the arguments against it, but I wish I could relate the intangibles to you. Yeah, man. My guess is that we're all built the same. None of us are completely stupid. A little deranged, I think a strong argument. I do. Mm Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we also know what we have. And to go and lay down in that sense of it, that's like embracing what we've done with our lives, you know? All right. This is the first time I'm crying on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Oh, shit. So, yeah. It's, he, he mentioned something. It doesn't go too much into the details, but he does say there's something that people can't get. It's there's some intangible things that skateboarding provides Mm -hmm. that nobody really understands unless you're a skateboarder. And Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, he couldn't explain it, but can you explain it to us? Yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) I'm just kidding. But but do your best. there, there, There is this thing going back to it being you are against yourself in skateboarding for the most part you could sit there trying a kickflip that rodney mullen invented and i i remember 
trying a kickflip in the grass when I was growing up and I couldn't quite get both feet to land on the board. And I tried it for weeks, hours, every day, weeks. Uh, and then when you land that trick and then you can consistently do it, like you went through all that hard work and pain, blood, mm -hmm. tears, sweat, uh, not being able to sleep at night because you're so injured, which, mm -hmm. which a couple of the skaters mentioned in the movie. However, they're doing wilder tricks, but you can translate that into other aspects of your life where you can take hits. You can, you can mm -hmm. get through certain mental, mental things in life and kind of prevail eventually after you put enough blood, sweat, and tears into it. And yeah. And you can, people do this all the time, but from a skateboarding perspective, there is something about it that, that is easily translatable into all aspects of, of a person's life. I, I, I mean, yeah, you just triggered something in me that like makes it seem like the perfect marriage of the mental aspects of um, overcoming challenges combined with the physical. And then the real wild card is like, the artistry. I mean, the closest thing I can compare it to is just the things that have given me the most like personal satisfaction in, in life, which would be like creative endeavors, like, like writing and, and things like that. And, but that doesn't have a physical component. It has a very strong mental component of just discipline and things that you can translate to other things. But there's something about skateboarding where like, it's not like it's not getting good at shooting free throws because there's no there's no artistry there. Um, that's just that's just like mechanics that you can repeat over and over again at the highest level of basketball. I don't know why I keep comparing it to that, but you no, can it's, like I, it's you can do that comparison. in a you can do that in an artistic way. But for the most part, you're trying to be efficient in skating. You're trying to combine you know raw physical um, endeavor with artistry. And then if you're just trying to learn a new trick and practice it a thousand times, you know, like until you get it, that's, that's where the mental component comes in. And we've probably gone long enough into this without talking about kind of what the whole documentary is framed upon. Yeah. yeah. So let's, why don't you, why don't you set that up? Um, so you're, what are you talking about? Exactly? Well, just what it How opens on and like the, the driving thrust of the documentary is trying to complete this, this trick. Yeah. So yeah. So the, Tony Hawk did the first 900 in mm -hmm. the 1999 X games. It was, a yep. nobody's ever done it. Nobody thought it was possible. And Throughout his entire life, he was inventing tricks. Uh, he was utilizing new techniques. He was building skateboarding. Uh, he was helping it progress, and he didn't even know what he was doing at the time. Um, and he had a challenging life, uh, a lot of injuries. Yeah. He, he there's there's one. Uh, he he did the first. He was the first person to do the loop, which is going upside down on a skateboard. Was that for a Jackass movie or for the show? I mean, so I know those dudes were there. He he did it first for, uh, I think it probably was for a Birdhouse video, which is a skate company that he created. Yeah. Um, and then he did do it on Jackass, for Jackass, in a mm. monkey suit with no helmet and <laughs> and got destroyed. Uh, had a major concussion. Um, yeah, yikes. 
and then yeah so the x games 1999 i mean i i don't know if i summed what you were hoping that i'd sum up the movie opens on him attempting like at his current age um attempting to do a 900 just in his warehouse or whatever 54 years old i think he is yeah sounds good to me but like he i don't know the movie probably shows it 20 times or something just at the at the beginning and obviously he's he's doesn't land it um and so then it builds up throughout the movie to that moment when he's gonna perform it at the x games but it's not like it's not like just during during a normal run like you do your runs and then they have this like one best, trick best competition trick con- contest yeah. yeah and he <laughs> and he still he still doesn't get it on the first uh three tries he doesn't get it on the first five tries he doesn't get it on the first 10 tries <laughs> he lost and, the competition yeah and they they still the <laughs> i forget which uh, was it MTV that had the X games i forget yeah, I don't know. ESPN if, eventually did, but oh no, but, it yeah. was ESPN for sure. Yeah. It was ESPN. So uh, ESPN allowed them to continue filming mm-hmm. for this miraculous event. I don't know who was responsible for keeping the cameras rolling, but they they changed skateboarding forever. Well, yeah, Tony did, but allowing this to be aired, I remember seeing this as a kid live. Mm. Wow, it was yeah. fucking mesmerizing um so essentially until the wheels fall off so tony is going to continue skating and continuing to put himself in harm's way because this sport is just a part of him it's a it's an art it's a way that he can express himself and yeah and it's like i mean the movie doesn't really go too deep on exactly kind of diagnosing his his mental health issues and and you know but like yeah adhd and and trouble focusing in school and it really like and he was just kind of a dick i mean that's what people say in the movie that he was a a, an ornery kid and uh, an outcast like we mentioned he was playing tennis with his mom and would intentionally try to hit her with the ball (laughs) yeah just a little (laughs) shithead um which is fine we can all relate to that but until he found skateboarding he would i mean his life would have been probably pretty far off the rails um poor pun intended if he hadn't found this like <laughs> nice. this thing that he could put all of this like obsession and like he was probably i mean just like a lot of kids that don't have this kind of outlet they just uh get in fights or they just disrupt class or they do lots of things to uh, that are self-destructive because they don't have a healthy place to put their their energy um, and he fortunately found his, and then he has like, when I was saying earlier, I mean, it's impossible to know exactly like in a lab what his physical gifts are, but it's very, very clear that I could put all my mental energy into something and not have that next level that a Michael Jordan or a Tiger Woods type athlete has. I mean, he's on yes. there, he's on their level. I mean, physical gifts aside, cause they don't, they're irrelevant. Like it's more important that it's he the mental himself. the mental yeah. drive. And so when you earlier when you said you keep comparing this to basketball, whenever I think of Tony Hawk, I think of Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like after seeing the Michael Jordan doc and after seeing this, it's so clear to me that there is just this ridiculous, uh, unrelenting mental drive that yep. that goes through both of them. And that's there's a reason why those names are popular. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, like one of them had to, one was just like um, infusing already a very popular major sport. And the other one basically like created it, not created the sport, but created it as a, <laughs> as a commercial and popular entity. I mean, it just like probably would have never gotten to where it was without Tony Hawk. And he's basically been there for the entire modern era. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's such a new sport. If you think about it in terms of how long has baseball or basketball been around Yeah, and, and on TV, I mean, skateboarding's in the Olympics now, which is just insane. Right. Yeah. And he was there illegally filming it or illegally <laughs> skating. He was illegally skating there. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, with the permission of the skaters, but not with the permission of whatever the, the Olympic committee Olympic is committee. running. Yeah. yeah. So, um, since we started with, since we brought up the 900 thing, like, well, actually one, one other big milestone that they hit in the documentary is the 540 McTwist. Is mm -hmm. that what it is? Um, yeah. So the McTwist yeah. is a 540 rotation in the air and it's just called the 540 now, but the way that they used to tweak it back in the day would make it a McTwist. Um, and, and that was a trick that you had to learn. And they talk about this in the documentary, which is why we're talking it was about like a it. cheat code. Yeah. To get in the top three, all you had to do was learn a McTwist and you would just do a McTwist. You do a couple of grinds, do a couple of slides, and then you make the contest. And what we haven't really covered yet is how important contests were to skaters back in the day. Hmm. And that was the only way that skateboarding was a legitimate way to make money. Right. Was were, were contests. And once there were there was like a, a a dip in skateboarding where they were destroying Del Del Mar skate park. I forget the other one that they destroyed, but yeah, this is the early nineties, right? Maybe yeah. And skateboarding kind of well, vert skating kind of died. And that's when Tony Hawk started Birdhouse and he wasn't doing well. Um, yeah, he like tore down his own ramp and sold his house so yeah. he could start that other company, I think. Yeah. And he which was is crazy because he tore it down because it was failing and he still started a company anyway. So good. Good for yeah. him. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was what I think his his dad talked him into buying a house at 16 years old. Yeah. He was making six figures because he was selling pro model skateboards. Right. Or Bones Brigade, which we haven't even gotten into that, which is fine. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I, one thing that it, that really supercharged the popularity of the sport was basically the VHS era and these skate yes. videos, and that was that was street skating combined with kind of like jackass style tricks, almost. I mean, not I shouldn't say jackass style tricks, but like jackass entertainment, style entertainment skating, yeah, entertainment. Yeah. yeah, so it wasn't like yeah, competition skating. It was to be an entertaining, goofy video. I mean, sometimes right. really difficult tricks but sometimes just like like jokes and people smashing beers on people's heads or yeah um yeah so once skateboarding had a dip and they talk about this as well in the documentary it goes up you know it's had its ups and it's had its downs now in in our current year 2022 it's the biggest it's ever been mm. um so many skateboarding companies that exist that would never have existed in the past um some haven't survived those ups and downs, but but the good ones have, or you know, the ones that are still around are legit. But uh, 
I mean, in you in now YouTube, like, <laughs> yes, is is VHS on steroids in terms right. of the amount of of viewer, the ease of uploading skate videos, the ease of watching them, and you know, you're no uh, slouch in the skateboard video watching department, as I understand. Right, and it's not so much about <laughs> contests. It's, yeah, it's about it's about footage now. It's right. putting out a skate video every single year, you know, 10, 10, 15 minute part. And you've got, you know, 10 professional skateboarders. So you get to see 10 different skaters styles uh, nowadays. So that's what and Tony, it, Tony started to do was yeah. started to film himself and create video parts. And that's that's definitely, you know, like, well, like and he owes. He owes credit to so Stacy Peralta started uh, the Bones Brigade. Yes, skate group. Stacy yeah. Peralta, one of the the biggest OGs ever, uh, helped Tony out. Kind of fucked Christian Hasoy out. Hmm. Another skateboarder that showed up in the film, um, but he is he's kind of like the Lorne Michaels of SNL, but for skateboarding. Yeah, and he had the idea, I think, or I, at least the way the documentary presents it is he was like putting extra money and resources into making those early videos not really before there was any evidence that they would <laughs> that they would be viral and get passed around so he had that idea and was like on his hands and knees like filming these these tricks and just like there's cool footage of him filming <laughs> yeah there's the documentary so let's i i want to talk about the camera that he was using i don't know okay. what it yeah. was but how the hell was he recording on a handheld camera no wire no wire it's film very obvious okay so it, it must have been a small film cartridge then yeah i guess super eight um and super eight cameras expensive. were pretty they were i mean the film was expensive but the quality was you know like mediocre so you could um keep the camera size to a reasonable degree that's what people were filming hmm. you know home movies and stuff on um it just so, it looked even yeah. so i had a, a a camera called we, we i called it well me and my friends called it the beast mm -hmm. and it was like a shoulder camera with the v8 but that was a vhs camera a full, probably. yeah full vhs yeah. camera so it's, it's just wild to see a smaller camera before i even had the machine or the beast yep yeah i think so. film cameras like uh super 8 and uh 16 millimeter cameras could get pretty portable but the film was expensive of course and and, um, and then editing it <laughs> was a nightmare well and i, I wonder editing. yeah and i wonder how long you could shoot with that that film reel five minutes yeah, 15 minutes typically seven minutes and like on like a, a a full production for a movie so i would say less definitely less than that <laughs> and then we're going back to like how many times does it take you to do a trick like yeah. i wonder that's what i'm saying it's it had to have been super expensive to you know, I'm sure that the skaters back then would would get a trick down and lock it, lock it in, and it wouldn't take more than maybe four or five tries. Yeah. Well, but, and miss a million. I mean, yeah, there's a million things that I'm sure they weren't rolling for or, you know, sure. didn't didn't shoot correctly. But um I I guess the other the other thing, and, and you can talk, you know, we can go wherever you want, but I was really curious, like once it once skateboarding kind of post the 900 became once Tony Hawk became a rock star and they're touring around yeah. and they have motorcycles like flying on ramps, they turned into a circus. Like what would Rodney think 
<laughs> of those shenanigans. Like it, it seems oh, a, a little, a little gimmicky to me at that point. I'm sure he's got some opinions about it that yeah. he could just say a few sentences about. He's never wanted fame. He's never been right. interested in it. So I'm sure he's happy that you know Tony's putting on uh, the Boom Boom Huck Jam, which yeah. is what what was shown where, where they introduced BMX skateboarding uh and uh motocross mm -hmm. in an arena um yeah rodney mullen would have nothing to do with that that's for sure well, yeah and i guess I, I don't mean to sound judgmental of it like more, more people oh, that no. can make money off of their passions i just mean it definitely felt like a shift in the re's the the artistry of the sport to become sure. spectacle versus about what they were doing and i keep saying sport it doesn't even matter if it's like a competition or not the the right. purity of the the sure form yeah and seemed then that's, a little a little uh stunted by that or a little distracted by that yeah yeah it, it seemed a bit too mainstream marketed whereas this yeah um and i think that's probably around when i used to dislike tony hawk and i disliked vert skaters and it was all about street um it's hard to be that popular well so actually rodney gives this um he's always like quoting philosophers and <laughs> if he's not like just sounding like a philosopher he's quoting <laughs> nietzsche and yeah. he's like once you get to the top of the mountain all that's left it's, it's is lightning. for you to get struck by lightning yeah. yeah so i mean the best people are cheering for an underdog or like an outcast and then once they become <laughs> the absolute face of their sport like none other it's it's hard to like root for tony hawk at that point but now it's come full circle to where right you know and you can I've see got in, the most yeah. respect for tony hawk yeah that i've ever had yeah and, and without yeah just i love skateboarding i watch it every day uh, I spend probably two or three hours a day watching YouTube clips of, well, you know, when we're in the present, when I have a cell phone. Sure. I'm spending about three hours a day watching skateboarders skate. And uh, I, I just have respect for anybody that puts their, their feet on that grip tape and pushes and they do whatever they do. It doesn't matter what you do with a skateboard, as long as you're riding it and not holding it as an accessory your yeah. fashion statement which which that tony hawk no that wasn't me i had a very uncool looking skateboard but well I you did. had a penny board so that's okay yeah. <laughs> but it, it did remind me uh i was listening to the most recent uh i've been catching up on a lot of skateboarding since i've been uh -huh. back in 2022 and tony hawk was talking about seeing some, maybe it was jason ellis which is another uh old school pro skater and they've got a podcast called hawk versus wolf um but the, I think it was Tony who was just talking about seeing some very fashionable people carrying penny boards around just as an accessory and not uh -huh. writing it. Yeah. <laughs> we call those posers. I mean, now the cool kids in 2022 are cruising on lime scooters, right? Those are super cool. <laughs> lime, lime scooters with a skateboard on your back. That's, that's yeah. how you do it. There was a, I mean, honestly, I've spent more time on a um, old school, not pre razor style non-motorized scooter than i have on a skateboard i did have those growing up and uh not great on gravel and like not well paved roads but we did our best um yeah scooting around the neighborhood yeah man skateboarding is has been 
a, a gigantic part of my life. Um, I remember getting one of the first uh, photosynthesis boards from an alien workshop. And uh, I went to a ghetto skate park where a kid almost stole it. And I was such a little shit <laughs> that like they could have easily stolen it. But this, oh man, I just so many, so many memories. Person that I, m- my friend's mom would take us to the skate park every single day. 30 minute yeah. drive, let us hang out there for three hours. We go to the corner store and get a 50 cent, like 32 ounce Coca-Cola. <laughs> Uh, and then go chill at the skate park. It's it's ingrained in my life. It will never not be a part of my life. And that's what Tony Hawk, he's doing it on a, a much grandier, you know, grandiose scale, grand, grander scale, bigger scale, mm-hmm. whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really cool. Like to have a lot of kids kind of grow up, you know, that's what, why sports are still important, I guess, to youth development and learning camaraderie and and you know you socialize as well as like get physical exercise and far be it for us to be the ones who are like um phones these days but you know like there has been a a shift in the amount of the variety of different activities i mean kids still skate obviously like you said it's 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 at the height of its popularity but there are it's competing with very um distracting very addictive technologies just like video games were competing yeah. for our attention when we were growing up but like and yeah, it's skate- hard to have that as an adult like because you know yeah. we also get more sedentary as we get older and there are skateboarding games that come out that distract me from stepping <laughs> on my fucking board yeah yeah um, yeah i mean i i played disc golf as you know um you also attempt to play and <laughs> i spend way more time watching disc golf videos than playing disc golf so there is, there is that they feel a little guilty at a certain point. Um, it inspires me or encourages me to play more, but you have to follow right. through on that. That's like watching a skateboard video and getting so hyped and then just yeah. being able to pop out of your house on a skateboard, whereas right. disc golfing, you got to go to court, go to a course. Yeah. That, so. I mean, skateboarding is just so unique in all these res- respects that you've described and, but just like the immediacy and the challenge of skating not at a park um you know i mean you can use it as transport <laughs> like yeah. a bike yeah. i mean there it, it, and it's 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 carryable so uh let's talk about um let's let the conclusion play. i mean does he does he achieve his his mission in the movie so like you you had mentioned the movie starts off with tony hawk trying what looks like a 900 which I was not expecting the movie to start off with. That blew my mind. He's trying a 900. He's 53 years old. Okay. And the movie ties up with some very gnarly slams with you seeing (laughs) his frustration within himself of not committing or not doing it right. And lo and behold, he fucking lands a 900 at 53 years old. Yeah. I mean, it. the movie does a great job of capturing how daunting and impossible it seemed at first. Then, obviously, he did it when he was in his... Uh, he was probably past his prime of his, like... I don't even know, in 99, what, what point he was physically. But um, he... A lot... 20 years since have passed 20s, since then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's been 20 more years since he did it the first time. And I don't even know how many times he's done it in between 
probably not a ton. And I don't know how many, how many other people have done it in competitions or like, did it become commonplace after that? That's what's so wild is that the 900 for young kids growing up uh -huh. is a trick that you need to learn. Right. There are kids that are doing 1080s now. Okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not, not everybody's doing it. There's probably a handful of people in the world that exist that, that are living or not living that have done mm -hmm. the 900. But the 900 changed. It just showed the skateboarding world that it's possible. So, right. so yeah, people are doing it. it it's happened. Yeah, so that's another half rotation on top of what Tony did. And one thing I meant to ask you earlier, and it is very emotional. Sorry, I didn't want to gloss over it when he, when he lands it. And just seeing the pain that he's going through, like, by himself. I mean, obviously, the camera's there, so. He knows uh, people might see it eventually, but he is just by himself in a warehouse doing it, except for like one shot where they maybe it's his kid who's watching at the bottom of the pipe and he lands horribly and and he goes through kid. the channel. He goes through. Yeah. You're talking about when he hits the pole when he goes. No, the no, I'm talking about in one of the shots in the in the interior half pipe where there's usually nobody there, but there's somebody at the bottom oh, of right. the half pipe watching. This... It's a kid. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not so, sure who that is. Uh, yeah. It's definitely not one of his. They're, okay. they're not. They're not that small. Yeah. Well. In, anyway, um, it's yeah, it's really emotional when he finally when he finally lands it, and uh, yeah, I forgot so, what I was. I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> it's that's okay. So a couple of things before we get into our favorite segment. I do want to play a clip of Tony Hawk's dad, which as we oh, mentioned yeah. without Tony Hawk's dad, skateboarding might not actually be the same either. Uh, really interesting in, figure is that absolutely. In the movie. And just, I mean, they're from SoCal and SoCal is known for being so just down to earth and chill and his dad and Tony, you know, take, take away Tony trying to hit his mom with a, a tennis ball and being a little shithead. Um, there's just something about them. That I, I'm not quite sure where I was going with that, but I want to play this clip yeah. and then, um, and then we'll talk about the credit sequence, which is just amazing. Uh, and I'll just talk about the credit se sequence now. So the end of the movie, watch the credits, Tony Hawk at 53 years old is do is doing all of his tricks. He's not proud of this, the cut actually, after, hmm. after listening to some, some, uh, to an interview he thinks that there's too many mctwists or too many 540s in it because that's all that could fill up the time with the tricks that tony can still do mm -hmm. um, but it was it's amazing seeing a 53 year old that is better than in the top tier of skateboarding still mm -hmm. at 53 oh uh, i i remembered what i wanted to ask you if that's okay yeah so and i'm not trying to put you on the spot here because um I don't think this is something that normal people attempt. And you even see in the movie, some of the very accomplished skaters aren't like, uh, like Rodney aren't going to ever attempt to do a 540. Um, but like when, when they are first describing the experience of learning a trick like that, where you have to like, you're spinning the whole time. You can't see where you're landing. You can't see where you're going. Like it's, it's incomprehensible to me, the fear and the mental component of just attempting it's not like a kickflip where 
I can, I have attempted and can wrap my head around like the, the surface that I'm landing on. Like you have to just be willing to fall over and over, which we see. Have you ever attempted, you know, like spinny tricks <laughs> for lack of a better word? So, <laughs> so Tony's talked, maybe he talked about it in the documentary or maybe it was the podcast, but no, I've never attempted an air yeah. ever, but it is something that I, I can't imagine any skate, anybody that's a legit skater has not wanted to do right because it's just getting air on a skateboard out of out of uh you know some vert is something that i will probably do before you know i leave this earth because there's there's an art to falling mm-hmm. and there's an art to to that that style of skateboarding that right. i know and i've seen so often that i can i can at least attempt it but yeah it's fucking scary yeah, I mean, the closest for a normal person just With, recreationally is like jumping on a trampoline and doing flips and stuff like, yeah, like, and do, that's yeah. scary. Yeah. <laughs> so doing it onto concrete, can't imagine. So I <laughs> yeah. just wanted With, to acknowledge that. It's like all the psychological stuff. Sure. Like having to repeat a trick over and over again, that's like uh, a couple feet off the ground, even just trying to learn an ollie would take just, you forever. But yeah. like, it's not scary. It's just super fucking annoying. You know, you're, yeah, you you know, you're not going to break your neck on and yeah. on. I mean, you can obviously, <laughs> yeah. but sure. um, with vert, one of the biggest tricks that people learn is just to drop in on vert. And that takes a ton <laughs> of, yeah. of mental. You have to just you have to do it. And then if you eat shit, you're probably not going to do it again for a long right. while. But. The, and just dropping in on vert like that, which I've done a couple of times, is is so it's scary as fuck. It's probably yeah. one of the scariest things that I've done physically is dropping yeah. in on a half pipe that Tony Hawk airs out six feet on. Right, it's insane. Cool. Well, let's let's hear his dad. Sorry for right. that uh, digression. No, okay. Let's let's hear it. So. It's a very unique sport. It's the only sport in the world I know where competitors, I've watched them in the middle of heavy competition, encouraging each other, uh, and earnestly encouraging each other. Not many competitions do that. So you think it's a good sport? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And I like to see it continue as a sport. I can guarantee you that every single one of those skateboarders today would look back on him fondly. Guarantee it. This is Stacy Peralta talking. I guarantee it. His dad is like a second dad to me. Like, okay, we don't need that last part. I just wanted him. To well, talk. yeah. So, what did you think of? I mean, they're showing the end, or like they're capturing the nostalgia and re- positive reflections on his dad. The movie makes paints him as a much more complicated figure. You keep waiting for like, not waiting, but like. Uh, people didn't like him in the moment um right but it it's turned out that like he was doing everything he possibly could to support his son in a in a sport or in a career or in a like a uh, passion that had no like uh professional pathway 
Yeah. <laughs> so he created one. So. Yeah. So he was on the ramp telling, you know, making sure that there weren't uh, screws sticking out, making sure that the we call it skate light nowadays, or at least that's the brand. But the wood that you would use to cover the ramp, uh, that it didn't have any gaps. You know, it was perfect. Things like that. So it. They don't I guess they don't really show a ton in the movie of him like yelling at people and like they just describe and kind of they describe him as like a militant sort of um, obnoxious dude. Uh, But they everyone's describing it uh, fondly because they're looking back now. But in the in the in the moment he was running the competitions that his son kept winning and there's no implication that he was uh, that there was any advantage to Tony. Uh, in hindsight but of course like these kids in the moment are gonna think that's like they're gonna be annoyed by that <laughs> yeah especially when tony keeps winning yeah because yeah. of his true talent or you know right. de- dedication to his his run and his tricks yeah and then at yeah at one point or at a point tony had to ask his dad to like step away and yep. i wish i had the clip of what his dad says but there's an interview that they show in the documentary where his dad's like you know what i'm just here to support him he doesn't necessarily want me here, but you know, I'll, I'll take a step back. He just, yeah, it, it's, really it's amazing. Cool. It is really cool. Yeah. And and I would, yeah. He wasn't, uh, they made him sound like he was an alcoholic, which he probably was. And that's likely how he died, but hmm. yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. They don't, I mean, they don't say anything that's like, like really damning or anything. It's just kind of like he was misunderstood, but super supportive in the moment and i was yeah. uh, they don't i mean tony hawk obviously made this is like the jordan doc in the sense that um, it's called a hagiography hey when like the person who is making it is um uh, or the person who's the subject of it is making it as well and signing off on everything uh, so it's unlikely that they're going to be very critical uh the that the film is going to be very critical of its subject when the subject has control over what they show, but they do go, they do go a little bit into some of the complicated history of Tony Hawk with his, his family life. Like basically when he turned into a rock star and he's has uh, kids with a couple different women uh, from what I understand from the doc. And he definitely isn't super happy about the way he was uh, absent for some of their lives. So the movie touches on that, I think in a fair way. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Which, you know, is, is, um, you know, he was a young kid growing up and definitely made mistakes <laughs> along the way with, um, some kind of, kind of mental and emotional, uh, intimacy issues he describes in the, in the movie. So, yeah. Yeah. So, it does. Yeah. It's a, it's a full, I, I just want I just wanted to add that is in the sense that it's like a it paints a very full picture of a, complicated but you know incredible uh icon of of skateboarding and of just physical and uh, athletic athleticism in general so really cool i was blown away by it overall i already said that i have seen it (laughs) a ton while i've been back in 2022 and it tears me up every single time it's it's amazing um I don't know right. if this is, uh, it's not the time where we say new release or old news. 
we yeah we're well we usually come back and give like some final impressions which we'll we'll do very quickly at the yeah, end yeah. but let's go ahead and move over to uh our favorite segment unless you have a poem for us um tony hawk <laughs> he's so great he didn't invent the kickflip but rodney mullen did there we go yay um oh and he All states right. that rhymes yeah damn it so rank the blank is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie, except this week we're not doing that at all. And then we rank them based on our mood at the time. This week, we are sponsored, not really, by RC Cola. And maybe you'll be able to tell from this footage that someone's skating. Maybe not. <laughs> Some kids still dig oh, there is a skateboarder. Just cruising up and down the coast in psychedelic bands. Yeah, this going on skate. I don't rave about a perfect wave. It takes more to make me smile. It's when a penny I board, baby. Can, I'm burning, oh yeah, that's me. Play me by the mile. me and my RC. It tastes mighty good to me. Could be really no good to other folks. Ain't good enough for me and my RC. If I saw that commercial. <laughs> when when I was younger, I would have drank RSC Cola instead of Coca Cola. Yeah, those fifty cent uh, big gulps that you were getting could have been RC. <laughs> I think RC Cola is still around, so pop into your local dime store and pick up a sixer of the RC Cola. Um, what are we doing this week uh, for Rank the Blank, Derek? That doesn't involve ranking or blanking. Yeah, so this week we are going to keep it skateboarding focused, and I am going to give you a name of a skateboard trick, and you tell me whether you think it is a real trick or if I made it up. Okay, and should I have to describe the trick or anything? <laughs> I mean, yeah, please do. And <laughs> I only know of a couple of people that actually created these tricks. Or you know what? How about you tell me if it is a vert trick, a flat wow. ground trick, uh, or you know what? Let's just keep it simple. You can definitely describe it to me. Okay. okay. Well, first I have to figure out if it's real and then. Yes. Yeah. I can also describe it whether it's real yeah. or not. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yep. All right. So the first trick, is this real or is it fake? It's called a dark slide. Ooh, well, I'm going to say it's fake because it sounds too close to a teaser for our movie next week, uh, aka The Dark Side. So, yeah, I'm going to say fake. But if I had to guess what this fake trick was, it'd be like when you flip your board upside down and slide on the bottom side of it. On the grip tape? Yeah. Well, you are right about the, the way that the trick functions and it is real. Oh, okay. Well, and I, I did do that intentionally because nice. we, yeah. Good teaser. Our yeah, listeners well, will, will if you, know. If you can't guess what we're watching next week, you'll know soon enough. All right. Uh, the next one is called a mango slide. <laughs> is that real, <laughs> real or fake? I mean, it sounds, it sounds silly. Um, I don't really know how I would describe it because a mango is shaped like a football kind of. Um, a small football. That's what I say about everything. The baby from a racer head. I'm going to say fake. All right. You're correct. A mango slide okay. is not a real thing. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> if it was real, uh, I, I can't. I, you just carry a mango when you do a board. Slide. There you go. 
Yeah. Refreshing. All right. Um, <clears throat> Mango next. and RC Cola go hand in hand. Try it out. It's like a orange and a blue moon. Yeah. It's called a Arsango flip. Anyway. Yep. All right. Uh, the next one is stale fish. Hmm. Those are the, those candies. Um, Swedish fish. No. Stale fish. I, I feel like stale does sound like a skateboarding term. Like, you know, I know there's a, there's a fakie, um, which is just like something you attach onto any trick if you're doing it uh on with the your, front of your, your opposite nose. feet oh yeah. okay no so, so regular yeah you you can't attach fakie to any trick right so i'm gonna say stale is like a version of that it's a real trick but it's the fish is the trick and you're fl flopping around on the board like <laughs> like a trout out of water <laughs> all right so you're saying it's real yeah all right it is real and nice. you're not flopping around on the board also <laughs> There is some controversy as to who created this trick, oh. uh, but it was actually Tony Hawk. Um, what is it? Um, it? It's a grab when you air out. Um, I can't very much describe it that well, but. Well, is it like you're the tail of the fish is the board that you're grabbing, maybe? So a still fish is you, you grab on the heel side with your backhand reaching around your back leg. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, and the reason why it's called Stalefish is because Tony Hawk was in Sweden, Denmark. Oh, Swedish fish. There we go. I was on. And the and Tony Hawk was had a diary or journal where he was writing down what was going on. And he had some dark thoughts going around his head. And uh, one of the meals that he had was a fish in some tinfoil that was probably old. And that's he wrote that down in his journal, stale fish with bones. And then somebody mm. somebody came in and read it and was like, dude, that trick that you've been trying over the last couple of days here, it's that's a stale fish, huh? And Tony Hawk is like, Yeah, that's the stale fish. <laughs> Duh. So good right job. On. You, wow, you got okay. that one. I'm two for three or one for three. I think I'm two you for three. You are two for three. Yeah, not bad. Okay. Let's All go. right. Madonna. I've heard this. I remember this one from Tony Hawk. I'm pretty sure it's it's uh, a spin spin trick. All right, we're gonna go through a, a late a fast round here. So uh, was I right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It is a real trick. I remember that one. Um, laser flip. Mm. Oh no! I'm gonna say no. It sounds too new agey or too like technology focused. That is a real trick. Damn. It's a 360 heel flip. All right. Damn. Moving on. Dragon flip. Uh, uh no dragons don't flip <laughs> that is a real trick damn it, it is when your board dragon it is when your board does a front flip essentially and you're over it okay so it front flips under you which classic is classic dragon crazy. maneuver i don't remember that from game of thrones but maybe maybe the house of the targaryen show that's coming out will feature more right. dragon flips all right i've got one more for you it's called okay. Co coconut wheelie <laughs> you if mango uh slide was any indication then a coconut wheelie is definitely not a real trick <laughs> it's real yeah it is when Tropical you fruits. you flip your board over and you're almost primo where your your feet are on the side of the board and the wheels but only the edge of the wheels is touching the ground so hmm. you're kind of balancing on a skateboard 
Oh, you can't see it. <laughs> anyway, you're you're balancing your board sideways and you're standing on your board sideways and it's rolling down the street. Yeah. Uh, or um, wherever you're at. Have All you ever right. done a 900 on one of those fingerboards? Uh, no. That's probably. I've done a hard. 900 shove it, the yeah. shove it 900, but no. Fingerboarding and moving your hands around and doing 360s and stuff is difficult. Yeah. So, All right. last question since we're not ranking anything this week, um, it's hard to rank a two person competition, but um, I definitely won that game by getting less than half of them right. <laughs> what? you're you're gonna rank your favorite trick of all time it doesn't have to be the 900 it doesn't have to be the most difficult it can be but what's your favorite skateboarding trick that you've done that someone else has done any you can pick anything so i think if there are any listeners still listening and your skaters you probably have your the same trick in your head oh. and it's a 360 flip also known <laughs> as a tray flip so it's when you do a kickflip and your board board rotates 360 degrees at the same time. Mm. I've landed one. I was trying them the other day at the park when we were yeah. hanging out and I landed on one and slid out. I've never done it on flat. It's always out of a bank, but a 360 flip is one of the most beautiful skate tricks ever. Oh yeah. And you can do it. Yeah. You can be skating on flat ground and do, you have to do a huge ollie, I guess, to get it. Well, you're, it's not technically an ollie but you are you slamming the tail down and scooping okay. the back the the tail around so you can get that the spin gotcha. and the flip. yeah i think that's like when i was before i understood well i still don't understand the mechanics of an ollie that's kind of how a lot of people try to like fake tricks not i'm not, not saying this is a fake trick but like when you're just like trying to make your board spin around and flip and do stuff you do it like <laughs> you just <laughs> sort of similar to that just but just yeah. do see what happens and land on it well, yeah, like take one foot and have it unpinned under the board and jump and like and spin the board under your other foot and try to land on it. That's like yeah. a fake kick flip. Um, they call so. that. Um, oh, shoot. What did they call that? A Drew flip. Yeah. 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 That's real. That's, that's what I used to do. <laughs> there is a Drew flip, right? No, not no. that I'm aware of. <laughs> um, well, cool. Um, that was fun, actually. Thank you, RC Cola, for yeah. sponsoring, not really, uh, this week's edition of Rank the Blank, not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's quickly uh, get back to our feature presentation. All right. So this is usually where we kind of like talk about the response and the aftermath of a movie um, having come out. And this movie is still in its relatively new release phase, but um, I would guess it's been getting really good reviews, right? Yeah. I mean, from the skateboarding community, absolutely. Well, that's more interesting. So, I mean, I, I can tell you it's Rotten Tomato, but who cares? It's 100%. Um, that's oh, awesome. shit. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, wasn't I mean, Tony that. loves it and yeah. he's not, you know, he doesn't toot his own horn. So that's, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I assume I, um, when your ears fell off for a minute, I was talking about like when you are involved in making the own documentary about yourself, hopefully he would love it. I mean, he def they definitely had his full support in making yeah. it. But I know what you mean. Like, it's really uncomfortable to 
watch things that that center on you for most people. So what yeah. uh, what more have you heard from the skate community? I just everyone there hasn't been a backlash or anything. I can't see why there would be. No, um, I I listened to an interview with the director. Shit, Sam Hunt. Uh, whatever his name is in a second oh wait that's not it but uh there was an interview with sam jones sam jones um he was so hawk versus wolf's latest podcast well last week was talking to the director about this and jason ellis was not in the film i don't think um but as jason ellis as a pro skateboarder he's been in the game for not nearly as long as Tony Hawk, but close enough. His review was amazing. Um, the fact that it's got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, it's that makes me so happy. Yeah. So well des- well deserved. Yeah. Um, and there was there's you know, nothing like, wrong wrong with it at all from a skateboarder, you know, from a, a skateboarder watching a skateboarding film. Yeah. Cool. And I think I even mentioned this to you when I first saw it. I texted you, but you were in seventy seven still, so you didn't get it. <laughs> but when you came back to to come kidnap me and bring me back to 77, I mentioned this is a skateboarding documentary for skateboarders. Mm. And it is wild that that it's got 100 percent. Well, so I'm I'm a bigger basketball fan, NBA fan than you. And you're obviously a infinitely bigger uh, skateboarding fan than me. But both of those movies, uh, The Last Dance, Jordan movie and, and this one, like you probably the skateboarding community probably got a whole different uh, thing out of this than, than I did. I, like some of it's universal and some of it's sure. very specialized, but it obviously appeals across the board, which is exactly what you want In something like this to do. Yeah. yeah. Have universal lessons uh, and also like satisfy the hardcore <laughs> fans. It's really hard to do to, to pull that off. Totally agree, baby. Well, um, this movie does not have a box office report because it was released straight to it was I don't even know if you can find it in theaters. It was released on HBO Max. It definitely played at film festivals. Um, But yeah, I don't know if they're I don't know if people will have the opportunity to see this in theaters, but you can see it very easily on HBO Max. So not so not a sponsor, but great content on there. The Flight Attendant season two out uh this week so (laughs) um this is not a category that really applies since this is a new movie but it has old footage so normally we decide new release or old news is tony hawk washed up in old news or is he still relevant today derek tough (laughs) tough answer he is both it's old news that (laughs) is cool it's old news that you should new release yeah that you should release new it's it's amazing yeah uh absolutely new release but yeah yeah well just the just the time period yeah the older footage is is incredible and and looking back at that time and skating this really does give somebody like me a crash course in in the history of skating the modern history of skating i definitely saw some videos on youtube of people like (laughs) <laughs> on really unsophisticated skateboards doing weird shit but um but yeah this is that where was something that i could have real heavily kind of gone gone towards is is how how this made you feel 
as a non-skateboarder, but that response oh. makes me so happy. Yeah. I mean, it connected to me with me on like the level I was describing earlier, new release for me. And, and also just inspiring to find that thing that gives you the feeling that, uh, Rodney so eloquently describes in this movie and never stop doing it. I mean, it's not hard for me to, uh, talk into a microphone and write, but and not hard physically, but mentally you have to force yourself to do it. Um, and you know, uh, pursue anything that gives you that feeling so it inspired me for sure hell yeah dude well um do we want to say how late 70s this is no let's skip that this week okay um, because it's not really relevant to compare it to other 70s films and sure. but we do need to pick out something to merchandise from the movie for our new release gift shop we uh we have to support this podcast on more than just RC Cola sales. So we create things like um, nipple magnets and wax lips that drink you, Pez dispensers with eraser head heads uh, and the such. <laughs> Derek, uh, I'll give you the honors, uh, at least the first stab at merchandising something from this. I mean, that's funny. Chris Stab is actually a very important skateboarder. <laughs> Um, ah, man, this is difficult for me. Let's just, I I think we should sell a new release skateboard deck. Okay. Yeah. So it's got our blue and yellow and white, uh, logo on a skateboard deck. Hell yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that seems both both obvious and perfect. Um, so we've got the new release board. Is it just the board or you get trucks? And no, the other stuff. It's, it's just the board. Yeah, it's, it's just too expensive to to purchase trucks and right. Yeah, yeah. We you know like we've got all the equipment to manufacture boards. We don't have the the gear to manufacture wheels and trucks and and grip tapes. So that was really fun, man. Uh, I forgot to mention at the top, but we did mention this last week that we were supposed to do Annie Hall this week, the Woody Allen uh, nervous romance, the poster called it, which is an interesting phrase, but we figured Ashley was away. Woody Allen is uh, more or less retired from filmmaking and has tarnished his legacy with some very unfortunate um, sexual abuse allega- uh, allegations and marrying um, uh, a woman that was way uh younger than than him and that he dated um at probably an inappropriate time in their lives so we're not we didn't want to do that we didn't want to um kind of uh cover that complicated subject matter so i'm really happy that we chose to to do this instead um and next week we we will be back in the present day of 77 77. (laughs) we'll be leaving the present day to go back to 1977 and I haven't figured this out yet or talked to you and Ashley about it very much, but I feel like we need to do some kind of different spin to cover this, this movie than we normally do. I mean, like we're not going to be subject matter experts. We're (laughs) not going to be the first podcast or first podcasters to talk about this. Mm -hmm. I want to come up with some kind of interesting angle for uh, this movie that we're about to watch next week. All right, who's on the dark side and who's on the light side and who's a rebel? 
and we'll fight throughout the entire podcast based yeah. off of our our choices. Oh, and the movie is. Oh, I thought you were going to play it. I can. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. I can. I can. Oh, okay. I think it'll speak for itself. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Here they come. Star Wars. Coming in too fast. An adventure unlike anything on your planet. It's an epic of heroes and villains and aliens from a thousand worlds. Star Wars rated PG. A little movie called Star Wars that um, huh. will probably be the biggest movie of the year and maybe the most influential blockbuster movie of all time. We might not have uh, 35 Marvel movies if we didn't <laughs> if we didn't have the Star Wars franchise. So and, you know, 35 Star Wars movies and TV shows and counting. So if you can sense any hesitancy in my voice that's the type of thing we're going to address next week and find our own way to uh, examine star Wars from a fresh perspective <laughs> in so much that that's possible, but I'm super excited. This is a movie that like will do our best to do justice to and, and uh, approach it, it and make it. Yeah. Own. Approach it in our own way. So star Wars, the original, a new hope 1977 next week. If you want to join us in a galaxy far, far away, then you should subscribe to the podcast by searching new release on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else you get podcasts. Derek. You can also follow us on Instagram at new release podcasts. And that's a kickflip. Oh. Oh. <laughs>